You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. It is a regular episode of Screening in Kingston. Uh, no more strange movies. Well, it depends, I guess, what we review. I guess some of them are strange. <laughs> but, but the ones we're talking about today are more, you probably heard about them. Maybe you've seen them. They've been in theaters in April. Mainstream. Mainstream stuff. Like we had to do the Oscars episode. Then we had a couple different things happen. And, and Tyler came on and did his. So now we felt, hey, let's just recap what was missed from April it's going to be tons of new movies throughout May. Can you believe, Taylor, that it's even May? No. I feel like I say this at the beginning of every month, but that's just the way time is. I say it at the beginning of every week. Like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe we're a week done through May, uh, halfway through <laughs> May. You know what I mean? So I'm with you, Mike. Time time has no meaning. It's a flat circle. And here we are. And uh, speaking of things having uh, meaning or no meaning or discovering meaning, uh, I mentioned this to you, Taylor, just before we started recording, but everyone on this show and everyone who knows me knows my memory is terrible. Um, I couldn't remember uh, last week that, of course, Austin has produced an episode for us and it was, the, you know, an awards episode and I didn't even remember that. And so I listened to that episode. I went back and found it last year and I listened to it thinking it was like kind of jog my memory and it didn't. <laughs> and like I still couldn't remember Mike, doing this even while I was listening to even it. that's the Bo Burnham episode right uh no so that was oh maybe it was maybe yes we get did we give he got fan voted yes best got, actor. that was the the fan vote stuff yes yeah. yes that was a part of it yes so um, I can't believe you don't remember that no I don't remember any of it now so I, I did a little, well, not a little research. I stumbled upon something. So I listened to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Uh, it's called Inside of You. And he basically sits down. Michael Rosenbaum, for people who don't know, he's an actor. And he was in um, Smallville. He played Lex Luthor in Smallville. And he yeah. has a podcast where he talks to a different celebrity every week just about their career. Um, and he had um, Mark Paul um, Glosser on the show famously zach morris uh from say by the bell uh, he's done other things but as they were talking he was describing his memory and and how he can't remember specific things from his past and he said it's called a flash memory where in an instant and in a moment you're living in the moment and you can remember something you can memorize something fast you know what you're doing you know exactly what's happening and like that day's events, you know, like the back of your hand, you know exactly what happened. And then it's gone. And that is my memory. <laughs> so I, Zach Morris and I share the same memory because he, he was basically describing how he will be, you know, sitting with his wife and his wife's like, oh, do you remember when we went to this thing? And he's like, no. Like I, I can, I, I can, I believe you, we did that, but I just can't like remember it and he said sometimes he'll get flashes where there's there's something where it's like oh yeah like i know i did that like i think i was describing to you taylor that like i know for a fact i went to university at queens but i don't remember a day of it and that's part of the memory you know you've done something you're not like confused and you're not scared and you don't like completely like you know you did it but you can't pinpoint anything specific it's not memento so, no, it's not memento where you can just like pull something and grab it. So, and it doesn't, and what he was saying was it doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you don't care. It's just your brain works in a way where it does grab onto certain things. But when it comes to specific details, it doesn't always remember it. It's like a flash memory. So, there you, go, there you go, fans. There you go, listeners. Mike does care about you, Austin. He cares about the fan voted award show. His brain is just not working. It's not, it's not what it, the brain, my brain works fine, just differently. Flash memory. That's what I have. I have a flash memory so I can remember certain flashes of moments. And that's it. 
So there you go. That's what I learned by doing my research, really by just listening to this podcast and this happened, me stumbling upon them. Like, hey, that sounds like my memory. Did that literally happen like this week? Yeah. That's funny. eh? I'm a couple episodes behind. Like, I think it was his guest three weeks ago, but I was like, I, you know, binged them in a row and I was listening just this past week. And, and as he was describing, like he was describing his time on Saved by the Bell and how he knows he did it, but he can't remember specific things. It's just like flashes of moments where he knows he was there, but he can't like pinpoint specific days and specific things. Like he was in a car accident with, um, uh, what's her name? She played Kelly in, in, I don't, I don't remember yeah. But anyway, she was he was in a car accident and it was like a big moment for her because it was like her just after she got her license and it was the first and only car accident she's ever been in and he doesn't remember it. And I guess That's... he like helped her through it and like was really supportive and was like, according to her, was like a big part of like getting over it and he does not remember. Was he in the car accident? Yeah, he was in it. Yeah, he was in the car. That's wild to me. That's wild to me. I can understand. Like, I can remember. I can understand. Like, oh, I don't remember what classes I took in university. Like, I don't mm. know. I don't remember what I really took in undergrad, aside from like a few classes or whatever. But um, I think I would remember being in a car accident. You think so? But he did not. There you um, go. And now, and now he said. Now he's he's like in his. I don't know if he's in his late 40s or early 50s now. So this was when he was a teenager. And that's kind of like how my brain, like all anything from when I was a teenager and anything from my childhood are flashes. Like I don't have any complete memories. The past like five or six years or so, like I can give more detail. But even then to take like a random day of the week, two or three weeks ago, I couldn't tell you everything I did. Like I couldn't go through it and map out exactly what happened. Fair enough. So there you go. That's how that's how our memories work. So there you go. Um, we have a lot to get to today. We have a ton of fan questions, which is awesome to see. We've got three movies to review. Um, so with that being said, I know we said we bring back not a great plan, but we're going to bring it back next week. Um, just so you fans know kind of why we're doing that. There's just so much to go through. We have three movies we want to talk about. We have some stuff we're going to get into at the end of the show as well. So there's just... There's enough today that we feel like let's push it to next week and let's do not a great plan and give it the time and space that that amazing segment deserves. Exactly. Um, let's get to some fan questions though. And they do have, some of it has actually a little bit to do with not a great plan. So it's not like you're, we're not going to talk headlines. We're talking about some stuff today. Oh, we're diving um, in. We're going to, we're going to jump into it. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So this first question comes from Sophie. Uh, so Sophie wants to know, uh, have either of you been keeping track of the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial? A lot of it is being shown on YouTube or other streaming platforms where you can actually watch and see bits of the proceeding. I was very curious, so kind of just decided to watch one or two videos, but then got sucked in and ended up watching most of it. I know you've brought up this dispute before, and I think you I think you kind of both went on against both of them at some point in time. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on anything that you've heard uh, from this trial? Um, now, I'll admit, Taylor, I have not really paid attention, um, other than the fact that I knew it was going on. So I haven't really done any sort of a deep dive. I don't know how you've been following. It. It's one of those things where you can't really avoid it right now. I don't have cable. I don't watch like cable news, but my father-in-law said it's even made it onto the news. Mm. Like he was watching the regular news and <laughs> it covered the trial. So I haven't been following like closely, closely just what I'm seeing on social media. Like I'll see a couple articles on Facebook or Buzzfeed and I might kind of um, re read the headlines and kind of read the articles. Funnily enough, Sophie, this was going to be one of my not a great plan headlines, but the specific headline I was looking, I was going to talk about today was um, people who are essentially monetizing it. So people who are like selling merch and, and everything. I don't know. I, uh, (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about this because um, yeah, it's just really interesting. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. (laughs) 
Yeah, the monetizing of it is is kind of ridiculous. It's like um, a circus, right? It's a yeah. media circus. And it's only like this because they're two, well, I would say one extremely famous person and then someone who like, I don't know, is Amber Heard like a D-list celebrity? Maybe oh, a little bit I was going to be that? I was going to be generous and say B-list. But oh, okay. um I mean, she hasn't done much is no. the thing. So, it, I mean, she has done a little bit. And I think, I think, you know, three or four years ago, she started to get, she was in more things like Aquaman was like a big thing she was in. Um, so, so maybe she's, she's elevated a bit, but Johnny Depp is like an A-list star. Huge, huge global. He's a global phenomena. Like, yeah, he is. He's Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, yeah, like I would say Amber Heard at, like, if you want to be generous, then I would say C list. Yeah, so, you're right. Like, you're I don't right. like B list is giving, like, that's, I, uh, no, <laughs> I think she's maybe, maybe a C list star. So I think that's why it's getting most of the attention. I mean, again, I don't care because, again, even as a C list star, these are two like extremely rich people who clearly had a toxic relationship. Yeah. Both did terrible things to each other. Maybe Johnny Depp got a little bit too much backlash when he shouldn't have. And he, you know, didn't do half of the things he was accused of. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Um, Maybe, you know, there was some overreaction there from people. Uh, You know, I was quick to say, you know, to, to believe Amber Heard over Johnny Depp too. So maybe there's a little bit of that. It's still to me from everything I've heard, sounds like they were both awful and toxic and bad for each other. Now, maybe she did the stuff that's illegal and fine. Then she should be punished. I don't think Johnny Depp is like 100% not guilty of anything. Like I don't, I'm when you're in a relationship you, at, at minimum, you're, you've got to take between 35 and 50% of the blame of things that happen because you are involved in the relationship. You're staying in the relationship. You're trying to make it work. You're there. Two toxic people make nothing but toxicity. That's what I think happened. I think they were toxic people who did a lot of bad things. Sounds like she did the bulk of things um, and maybe he took too much heat. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it it definitely, um, neither one seems like an angel i'll put it that way um so up until this point all of the testimony has been like johnny depp's side of the story so Mm -hmm. obviously um that's what's getting all the news and it's of course painting amber heard as the total villain you know what i mean like you read if the things that she did are true like absolutely horrible you know what i mean like just crazy and i i unwillingly saw the photo of johnny depp's finger sliced off like (laughs) that was in some of the articles like whoa that's not great right it will be interesting now it's amber's turn essentially to tell her side of the story and so i think it will be interesting to see how the media will cover it now But um, the last two weeks or so, however long the trial has been going on, um, Amber is definitely she she had to fire her PR team because she just is getting no slack. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, you could you could fire your PR team or you could be a better person. I understand why one of those is a lot easier than the other. But still, <laughs> like, I just... But just as, like, evidence of how the trial yes, is going. For sure. Not to, going well. She had not to fire well. her crisis management team. So I, I think, like, I'm I'm with you, Mike. I think two toxic people were in a relationship. There was drug use. Like, Johnny Depp has gone on record. He's like, I was a drug addict or am a mm-hmm. drug addict. Mm-hmm. I am an alcoholic. Um, so again, he's like no saint and he, uh, it seems that he's admitting to doing things while under the influence. So, um, it sounds like Amber like was at the receiving end of also some nasty behavior, but like Mm -hmm. that's completely been lost in the last two weeks of media coverage. And I think you're right. It's going to come back a bit as things kind of flip. And, and that's the thing when two people both say something 
and they're kind of on well, the it's opposite a, ends it's a, or He said it's a literal he said she said. She and, said. <laughs> and and it's going to be somewhere in the middle. The, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, or at least in terms of half the time she was telling the truth and the other half, half the time he was telling the truth. Like, it'll be, it'll be somewhere in there. We, we'll never know. You know what I think you should do? Because this is the thing. Forgetting everything about where, you know, people come from and their backgrounds and their, their you know, two people who have a lot of money who are obviously haven't wanted, I think, for much in their lives, at least in their adult lives. They've been successful enough in what they've done. They've made a lot of money. They live a pampered life. I mean, if you're in a trial and you have the ability to fire your PR team, that's one level of person above a lot of what people have. A lot of people don't have enough money to even afford a good lawyer to get into these situations. So to me, when you have people who have so much money and so much influence, so much power, I think the only way they're going to learn is the end of the trial should be cool. You're both terrible people. Here's a jail sentence for both of you. Here's a restraining order on both of you. You can have zero contact with either of you for the rest of your lives. Here's a short jail sentence. So you try to learn something to try to humble these people. But and the, maybe that would make you go, oh, maybe I should treat people better moving forward. But the court case has, it doesn't even have anything to do with... Um like jail time they're suing each other for defamation so it has nothing to do with the it does have stuff to do with the abuse but essentially they're both saying you called me a liar you called me an abuser it's ruined my career so well yeah, neither of them yeah. neither of them are gonna go to jail like no it's all you money know I mean? yeah it's all <laughs> i think which was, billionaire think, is gonna pay someone yeah, else i think a couple million dollars <laughs> i think johnny yeah. depp's suing for 50 million and amber heard's counter suing for a hundred and so, i think and i think he has he has the whole he lost fan, this fantastic beast movie yeah, over it that's he's um, saying his career things, yeah. she's ruined yeah. his career so that's why i guess i'm i guess i'm just saying I know our system of law doesn't work this way, or I guess this is technically the state, the state's justice system. Yeah. I know it doesn't work that way, but that's what I'm inclined in terms of like actually trying to educate and rehabilitate people. I think these are two people who need a metaphorical slap on the wrist, not a physical one, and but therapy. a metaphorical one. And therapy, yes. But I think they need to be shown, okay, yeah, you both did it. But even, even it, like, again, everything I said, there's tons of things that looks like Johnny Depp, you know, has a has a lot to sort of defend of actions, didn't do some of the things he's being accused of. She did a lot of things. Fine. I can accept all that. I still think he deserves time in jail and Here's... money to be taken away and things to be taken away and then put into therapy and then put in the, to, to try to humble him to be like, hey, next time you're in a relationship, why not just treating someone better? Why not just do that? Like that would be so much simpler than everything else. Mike, here's a controversial question. If the judge rules in favor of Johnny Depp saying, you're right, right. Um, Amber Heard lied in the press, it's ruined your career, yada, yada, yada. Do you think Johnny Depp should be allowed to go back into these big studio movies? And should Amber Heard be recast in the Aquaman uh, movies? Aquaman? Um. <laughs> what a great question. Controversial. Like for, for, fan, for Fantastic Beasts, no. It's too late now. Gonna, it's too late now. And and in my part of my review today, Mads Mikkelsen knocks it out of the park. Um, so no. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the thing about the But like, should he system, get right? should he get his career back? Well, I guess I guess that comes down to each studio. Like, for example, if you're asking it in the sense like like let's say I'm a studio head. I wouldn't hire either of them ever again, personally. Too much Just from drama. the little I've yeah, too much, too much drama from the little I've seen. Now, with that being said, I'm the type of person that gives second chances. I'm the type of person who doesn't deal in absolutes. So if there's a path to them both improving themselves, like I think Taylor, your suggestion of like therapy and court appointed, you know, trying Handlers. to work through <laughs> honestly like but some but sometimes I, I can respect the fact that sometimes people need that and sometimes like i'm oversimplifying the the way the steps they need to take to kind of get better so if they can do that and they can make positive change and they can stay away from each other and they can live you know healthier lives then yeah why not 
Why, why can't he come back to do whatever movies he wants? And same, same with Amber Heard. And again, the studio has to make a decision. If, if the court rules one way, it's that, that means in the, in the system of justice, one lawyer was able to prove something better than another lawyer. It's, again, not necessarily the truth or not. It's just that's the way it went. So I don't think you're ever going to, it's so messy, you're never going to know the truth. And you probably as an individual, like every time these things come up with, with, uh, with celebrities, we have to just decide for ourselves, what do, we, what do we believe? What do we feel is right? And my instinct would be for the short term, I'm staying away from both of these individuals. If they both or either of them start to show me in some way that they can improve their lives, that they're getting better, that they're working through these things. Okay, Johnny Depp says he's now a caller. Great. What's your plan? What, like, what are you going to do about that? And some people will do things about it and some people won't. So to me, that's the answer to your question. And that's what I would do is stay away from both of them for a while and see as the dust settles what, what they kind of do next. So we shall see. <laughs> It's going to be several more weeks until um, the court case is wrapped up. <laughs> and so, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this will be on our show. There'll be another crazy more. headline like Amber Heard <laughs> reads this text and it's a crazy text. I will I just, it's sorry, not as, the, the, I guess one of the reasons why I never talked about this before, like in the past couple of weeks, was because that, to me, this is a lot more serious than the cannibalism or whatever Jesse Smollett was up to. Like <laughs> those things have an avenue of ridiculousness to them. Now, obviously Army Hammer got into trouble for other things, but I was just, just at the beginning, the cannibal stuff. What, there's a, there's such a ridiculous of it that it makes it funny. I just don't find anything that's going on between Amber and Johnny Depp remotely like entertaining or funny. Well, it's, so spousal, I don't, it's spousal abuse, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's not, not, to me, it's not entertainment. I, I, it's two people who clearly have major issues who who need to you know need to to get some things straight in their lives and need to work on some things. But I, I just haven't found want to watch any of the things. So I'm like, it's not like watching two people rip each other apart is not something that I'm I'm interested in. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's one of those things like. Uh, have you ever seen that meme? Everything I've learned about this was against my will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, because it's everywhere. And you yeah, can't uh, yeah. It. so, and I'll be honest, like, you're right, Mike. It is uh, a very, very serious topic. Have I fallen prey to the sensational headlines? Of course. Like, I'm, I'm only human. <laughs> and those tabloids, yeah, you know, clickbait titles are, uh, are available. They, they exist for a reason, right? But they um, work for a reason too. They work right? for a reason. It's just human so, nature. But works, you're so. right, Mike. Like this is, you know, people are like laughing. People are are seeing it truly as entertainment. When it, at the end of the day, um, if these things have truly happened, it's horrific. Like mm -hmm. some of the text messages. So far, all of it has been like Amber did this. Amber did that. But I did see the other day, like a couple texts that Johnny Depp allegedly sent, and they're like they're horrifying. Like if he, you know, if he really did send those texts about her, they didn't seem like they were sent to her, but were about her. Mm. And um, yeah, like again, like an angel did not write those. So um, we shall see. Yeah. I'm yeah. interested to see what the court case ends up like what the ruling is right because um so far it's very pro johnny but he lost his defamation suit in the uk so that's oh, why yeah. i'm also interested to see how yeah. this one ends up going so anyways we shall see yeah shall we move see. on mike yeah let's uh let's get into some fun questions here um so this one's from kylie and this, uh, there's a visual with this. So Taylor, okay, I sent I'll pull you this it up. Image, pull, pull up the image. I got it. Uh, we'll describe it to to our fans here. But Kylie wants to know what are your thoughts on the first image of Margot Robbie at, uh, as Barbie? Uh, so there is a picture that was released of Margot Robbie in a pink car, 
and it is the first photo uh, sort of unveiling of, of Margot Robbie as, as Barbie. So Taylor, you have it, I have it. We're going to comment on it. Um, just to kind of describe the image to people, I'll, I'll try to remember to throw it up on our social somewhere. Um, but it's basically just a, an image with kind of like a pink background. Looks like there might be some flowers in the background as well. Uh, Margot Robbie is sitting in a pink car in the driver's convertible. seat. Convertible. Is it a convertible? Okay. Yes. Convertible. And she's wearing like, I think, blue? Like yes. A blue shirt of some sort that you can't really see because it's kind of like a side it's shot. A, it's a blue. Here, I'll explain it for our listeners. Okay. Margot <laughs> Robbie is wearing a blue and white striped halter. She's wearing a blue bracelet with big oversized circle beads. And she's wearing a blue and white polka dotted headband in her very blonde hair. So that is the image. And she's kind of leaning over um, the hood of the car. She's sitting in the car. No, not the hood. She's sitting in the car, but it's kind of leaning over the windshield and she's smiling at the camera. So that's the image. My first thought, Mike, I love the casting. Number one, without even seeing any images, I love that Margot Robbie was cast for this movie. I love her. Very interesting to see where this movie goes. But I will say I was a little underwhelmed by this still, this promotional still. See, I I didn't. Okay, so I didn't have the exact opposite reaction of you, but I just had sort of a middle of the ground reaction of, yeah, that's about what I expected. Like, I didn't. <laughs> when you think of Margot Robbie playing Barbie, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything more she's or less gonna than look, this. She's going to look like Margot Robbie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's going to look like Margot Robbie in this pink car. Like, that's pretty much like it's not. Yeah, like, I guess. I'm I'm not underwhelmed, but I I guess my reaction was just like, yeah, all right. That lo- I want her right. I want her to have bigger hair, and Barbie's known as a fashionista, so that outfit is so dreadful. Like that is a horrible like striped halter polka dot headband. Like what were they thinking? But <laughs> the synopsis for the movie is that Barbie isn't perfect enough. So maybe that's why they gave her ugly clothes because she's supposed Wait, to be like... Wait, ha- have you read a synopsis? So there's been a synopsis floating around the internet. I saw it on okay. Twitter. I don't know if this is like the official synopsis, but one synopsis reads like, um, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially Barbie gets exiled from Barbie land because she's not perfect enough. And essentially like shenanigans ensue. But one person commented that's actually the synopsis from when Amy Schumer was tied to the project. Plot twist, Amy Schumer was originally supposed to be the lead Barbie. I did not know that. <laughs> that's quite quite the a bit of casting. Um, but so I aside from that, aside from this still, and we know Ryan Gosling is playing Ken. We don't really know what the plot of the movie is. Some people are hoping that Greta Gerwig makes it like a psychological thriller. But That's I'm like, why I'm so confused. It's the people involved, the the writer, the director, Margot Robbie. Like it just doesn't seem like I, I'm just so confused. Like, is this Barbie and live action, or is this some sort of like? alter world thing or yeah or... we don't know and I, um makes no sense greta gerwig wrote that they're trying to write a movie that will please please fans of barbie like p- people who are familiar with the um intellectual property who like know and love it but then also subvert every expectation <laughs> so i don't a, know how you last jedi i don't know how you do that i don't know how you make barbie fans happy while also subverting every expectation um i don't I, i'm dying to see it this is one of my hotly anticipated movies so yeah i'm i'm just so curious about this like i wouldn't think a barbie movie would be something that i'd be remotely interested in but ever since it was announced, and I think it comes out next year. Um, everyone attached to it, I've just been like, what 
is like what it just made me more and more fascinated with i don't think i'm gonna hazard a guess i don't think this is a children's movie (laughs) i mean look like looking at the other casts that have been announced because they they released like a short list of people um so emma Mackey, who was just in death of the nile is in it and from sex Uh, education who looks like margot robbie's twin so hopefully she also is playing barbie probably a barbie michael Sarah. Kate yeah. McKinnon, Will no Ferrell, America Will, Ferreira. Like, Will <laughs> what Ferrell, is this movie? <laughs> Will Ferrell is on um, Wikipedia. He's list. He's the only other person, I think, aside from Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, to have a character description. His okay. character description is CEO of a toy company. Okay. See, again, if there's a, is there a toy company in Barbie land? Like, what is this movie? I'm so fascinated. If this movie is about... Is involved, I'm so confused. If this movie is about, like, human trafficking, like, you know, like, the Barbies are slaves, like, that's going to be... I have no idea. Like, there's... Like, who's Michael Sarah playing? Like, who is... Like, Michael Sarah is in this movie, and who is he playing? Like, that's what I want to know. I don't want to be rude, but I don't think he's playing a Barbie. I that's the thing I don't know <laughs> like this cast is is ridiculous and every news like again like Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig co-writing it and Greta Gerwig uh directing it and I think Patty Jenkins is producing like it's just what I just don't know what this is and I'm so fascinated I I've never would have thought a movie like this would intrigue me and it has we so shall I'm, see I'm We'll see what happens. Um, next question comes from Samantha. Uh, who wants I think to we're getting know. lots of first-time writers. I'm not uh, recognizing yeah. these names. Samantha, I have to search, Sophie. I think we've had a Samantha before, but I don't know. I'd have to search the email right. that it comes from to see. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, some of these I'm not recognizing. Um, uh, Samantha says, Hi, Screening in Kingston. I was wondering what your feelings are about the current summer season of movies and what your comfort level is with going back to the theater. I know you mentioned you have an independent movie theater in Kingston. Does that make you feel more comfortable with going back to the theaters this summer? That comes from Samantha. So comfort level with going and, and I guess, comfort level and excitement for summer. Um, I'm excited for summer movies. Comfort level wanes as the weeks go by. Uh, This past, (laughs) like the past three weeks, and I'm not even joking. This is this is going to sound like a joke, but it's not. Every person I know, aside from you, Taylor, and me, has had COVID in the past three weeks. Probably because we're the only people not leaving our houses willingly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like since <laughs> since the last set of mandates being released, like everyone I know who just didn't get COVID, it's like friends, coworkers, family, everyone in succession got COVID, and somehow I didn't get it. And I don't know if that makes me feel more comfortable or less comfortable. That's the thing. It's like when you and I finally do get COVID, it's either going to kill us or we're not going to feel anything. (laughs) Because we've gone this long without getting it. And uh, I'm kind of nervous. Like, what's going to happen when we do get it? Well, I keep hoping that I'm not going to get it. Hence me not like going to the movies every week like I would have pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. But- and it's not like, I think I will say um, that, you know, the screening room has done an excellent job of, yes, of making yes. people feel safe, uh, of keeping people distance. You, the, I think buying tickets in advance online has helped a lot too. You know, you have your ticket, you know, you're secure, like, you know what you're doing. Like, I think that's all helped. Um, they do an excellent job. I think it's just the state of the world and the way things are. Um, some weeks you're going to feel more comfortable than others. So yeah, I, I'm where with you, Taylor, uh, seeing a movie every single week is a little bit less comfortable right now. Yeah. Seeing it every, you know, going out every couple of weeks, every two weeks, see, making sure to see something. Reassess, the theater, reassess totally your comfort yeah. level. I, uh, exactly. I, I think we've said this on the show before, Mike, it's not that I don't trust the movie theaters. I just don't trust my other movie goers. <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do with like the screening room or Cineplex. Um, I will say that I am getting my bravery up and I do plan, fingers crossed, as long as I don't get COVID, <laughs> to go to the screening room very soon. Um, they're still doing 60% capacity. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
that gives me a lot more peace of mind than sitting beside a stranger. Um, like totally. when I went to go see Batman and it was shoulder to shoulder and no one was wearing a mask. Ah, luckily, I did not get COVID. I thought <laughs> if I get COVID from watching the Batman, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> luckily, yeah. I did it. Like it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But like <laughs> if that was how I was going to get COVID. You would blame Robert Pattinson. Yes, personally. Um, I would write a strongly worded letter. Anyways, long story short, I am getting excited to go back to the theater. Like Mike said, it's a week-by-week assessment. Um, And I do feel so fortunate that uh, Wendy at the screening room has been so cautious. Um, It makes me feel very safe. So, um, yes. Summertime movie watching and with the weather getting nice, I do plan on going to, I think it's your hometown, Mike, the Thousand Island Drive-In. You grew oh, up yes, in Gann, right? In yep. I did. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I'm, I'm hoping very soon to go to the Thousand Island Drive-In. But this week they're playing um, Doctor Strange. Ah, and the multi-universe and, of madness. Yeah. And Morbius. So neither movie... Not, not Taylor. <laughs> yeah. no, so that I have to put a pin in the drive-in. But yeah. anyways. Well, that's good. Yeah, there you um, go. Well, speaking of Batman and memories, uh, our next email <laughs> from Tayson, uh, who has written in before, um, kind of talks about that. So it says, hey, Mike and Taylor, it's your pal Tayson. Something I love asking new people I meet is what the first movie is that they remember seeing in theaters. For me, it was Batman Forever, the one with Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I was five years old wow. and a huge Batman fan. My parents went to see it uh, by themselves before they took me to see if it was appropriate. And then they took me and my sister the next night. I wore my Batman costume and had an absolute blast. Later in the summer, Disney did Pocahontas, which came out, and my parents took us to see that too. Batman was obviously more of an interest to me, uh, so they wanted us to take... Uh, my sister, who was a little bit more interested in that. But I remember being a little bit mad that they didn't have to go see Pocahontas for the first time to make sure it was appropriate, too. (laughs) Completely not understanding that Pocahontas was obviously a kid's movie. Anyway, Batman Forever is uh, far from the best Batman movie, but it still holds a special place for me uh, because of nostalgia and good memories. I watch it as a comfort movie all the time, and frankly, I wish I could see it in theaters again. I'd even maybe wear a Batman costume. Who knows? So I was wondering what the first movie you guys remember seeing in theaters is. Uh, and I'd be interested to hear any other listeners who might have similar experiences as well. Yeah, so fans, you can definitely write in what was the first movie you remember seeing. Um, yeah, with my memory being so bad, I don't know. Like, I can I can kind of remember going to when the before the screening room was the screening room. It was another little theater in the same area which all often would show kids movies so i do remember vaguely seeing like i think i saw hercules there and i think i saw one of the movies one of the cartoon movies with penguins in it i don't know madagascar no no i would have been because i'm too old for that i would have been like this would have been a penguin movie in like the the early nineties. Happy Feet. So I don't know. I can't. No, way before Happy Feet. I don't. I can. I penguin don't know. movie from the nineties. It would have been penguins. They're definitely because I can. I can vaguely remember penguins. But I, what I will say is this wasn't the first movie I saw, but I was still very very young when Star Trek: The Next Generation went off air. It was like nineteen ninety three, and a movie came out like that fall, and I would have only been six years old seven years old and i can remember scenes from that movie in the movie theaters like i can remember going to see star trek generations in the movie theater and seeing scenes from it so that would have been pretty young it wouldn't have been my first movie but that would have been a pretty early memory and i can like i can very clearly remember specific scenes from it uh first of all the tim burton batman movies are just great i think like Batman Forever is not a Tim Burton. Oh movie. no! That is the first movie of uh, Joel Schumacher, and okay. that one had Val Kilmer in it. It was Batman oh. and Batman Returns of Tim Burton. Then correction, there you go. All right, never mind then. Which um, I would argue those are even less. Like Batman Forever, it starts to lean into the ridiculous and aim for more kid movies. But the Batman that you're thinking of, Taylor, are like super dark. They're dark, but they're still, they're still like funny. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Batman aside, we could have a whole episode just about Batman. But um, we usually get the Batman once a year, anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of time to return to that. Yes, um, definitely. This is a tough question. I have a better memory than Mike, but not that much better. I remember my sister got to go see The Lion King. I was not allowed to go, and that was devastating. Um, so in terms of I it's I want to say my cousin Kat used to babysit my sister and I, and she took us to the movie theater. We had to ride a bus. Katie ended up throwing up all her popcorn at the movie theater. I think it was either a bug's life or ants, but I can't remember which one. They came out the same year. So yeah. It either one. So it could be, it was like, I'm pretty sure it was about bugs and I would have been about seven, which seems appropriate for like a first movie, but it'd be weird if my cousin was the one to take me to my very first movie in theaters. Anyways, that's the answer I'm going with because I got to talk about how my sister barfed up all our popcorn. So (laughs) that's, uh, (laughs) that's, and we got to take the city bus. I think it was the first time I ever took the city bus. So it was a memory nevertheless. (laughs) Um, So just considering time, we only have about 20 minutes left in the episode and I want to get to those movie reviews so for the people left, we're going to just shift your fan questions to next week. So Austin, Josh, uh, Kathy, and Stephanie, we will have all of your fan questions. As part oh of the my show gosh, we missed four people. Yeah, I know. There's just there's two there's twenty minutes left. This could have been I a really mail. Review- this could have been a mailbag episode. <laughs> it could have been, but we've promoted that we were going to review these movies. Yes, and, and darn it, we're going to do it. We so are. I, I apologize. But thank you to our fans for writing in. But that gives us four questions to look forward to next week. Um, so that'll be uh, – we'll, we'll get to all of you next week, uh, we promise. But let's get to, to re- our movie reviews, Taylor. Um, I saw two movies, um, so I'll start with one of mine. Um, let's I'll, I'll talk quickly about uh, the secrets of Dumbledore because Fantastic Beasts, the whole Johnny Depp thing. Uh, it's a part of it. So so we'll talk about that one first. Um, so yeah, I saw Fantastic Beasts. Uh, this is the third movie in the Fantastic Beasts series, kind of continuing the Wizarding How many are there going to be? Harry Potter. There's supposed to be five. Total. Oh my gosh. Um, Fatigue. We're, we're, Mike, I haven't, even, halfway through. I haven't even seen the movies <laughs> and I already have Dumbledore <laughs> well, fatigue. I got to tell you, uh, they're, they're not getting any better. Um, they're not getting... <laughs> worse necessarily like i would say of the three fantastic beast movies this one i think was probably the best of the three but that's again not saying much like the first movie was kind of interesting because it was different and it was kind of intriguing the second movie like completely off the rails and this one had a little bit more focus to it but the problem with this director, and I've talked about David Yates a lot before, and with Harry Potter, he took over the final couple films. He's done the Fantastic Beast films. Um, J.K. Rowling really likes him, so that's kind of why he has this job. He is one of the worst directors working today. I just, he is all about quick scenes visually happening in front of you and almost no connection between them. Like this was almost like watching a series of vignettes, which are like short scenes in theater where someone comes out and you like freeze in position and it's like a visual picture that tells a story and then it moves on to another one. That's kind of like what it was. It was like just a bunch of pictures, a little thing thing happens and then we move on to something. There's so much that they're trying to shove into these movies that I don't and there's five of them say there's and there's five of them (laughs) and I don't believe them that they had a plan they the JK Rowling claims that while they were working on the final Harry Potter movies she had already mapped out this whole plan are they still are they still letting her write the scripts she is co-writing them now she does not in she so the second the last movie was fully written by her and they, they went back to the, she co-wrote it. So she probably took a pass at it. Okay, here's the script. And then they brought in playwrights um, to, not playwrights, sorry, movie film writers to come in and actually help with the script. So she's a co-writer on this script. Okay. And that um, and still 
And even then, <laughs> it still was confusing. Now, I was slightly more entertained than the last movie, so it was a slightly better um, uh, movie than before. I, I still think the performances are what kind of make it. Like, Mads Mikkelsen has taken over playing the evil Grindelwald from Johnny Depp. Mads Mikkelsen, as you would and expect, Ma- Taylor, knocks it out of the park. Mike, uh, Johnny Depp took it over from Colin Farrell, right? No, Colin Farrell was never actually Grindelwald. He was Grindelwald in disguise. Oh. So that was like a red herring. Like oh. We were supposed to think. <laughs> but then he transformed into Johnny Depp. Oh, okay, okay. So no, Colin Farrell was not replaced. Colin Farrell would have, from the beginning, made a better Grindelwald. But anyway, Mads Mikkelsen knocks it out of Yeah, because he's amazing. He could act. A- he could be in anything and I would watch it. And I have to say, Taylor... He's a lot more believable in this role because as so an evil Grindel- wizard. <laughs> well, because he's not because he's not a hundred percent evil. Like right. that's the thing. As an evil wizard, Johnny Depp would have made sense. But Grindelwald is supposed to be someone who morally yes, is ambiguous. Evil. Well, a little bit, but yes, he's evil. But he tricks people into being able to follow him because of the like things he's talking about. Like, he's all about wizards taking care of themselves, and he's and- a politician. Correct, and you can believe when Mads Mikkelsen talks, why people would follow him and then get in too deep and be like, oh, darn, I'm in too deep. I'm in a racist cult. 100%. Like you, but you you could believe why, because he's so charismatic, you could believe why people would follow him. But with Johnny Depp from the beginning, it's like, how could you not know this guy's evil? Like that's the way he's essentially twirling his mustache. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Whereas Mads Mikkelsen brings like such a more subtlety to it. Like the, the best scenes in this movie are when there's a couple of them when Grindelwald and Dumbledore, who's played by Jude Law, are like sitting down and like talking to each other. And you can feel there's tension between them, there's a history between them. And Mads Mickelson just brings so much subtlety to his acting that it actually is the, the scene, those scenes are so compelling. It makes you kind of forget about the mess you just saw to get to this scene. Because Jude Law does a great job as well. Like both of them knock it out. Yeah, of the Jude park Law's a good actor. Yes, and he, his performance is much better in this movie than the, than the last one. And I think it's because good actors can elevate other actors. Yeah. And I think Mads Mikkelsen elevates the movie. So all in all, um, I thought this movie was all right. If you're a big fan of the Wizarding World, obviously you want to see it. But this, to me, is one of those movies that you can wait. And I'm going to give it an airplane it because this is the other type of airplane movie. If you are into this, you might enjoy it a little bit more. But if you're just curious like me, where you like the Wizarding World, the fantastic movies haven't really interested you and you just want to like see it for the sake of seeing it, then that's an airplane movie. Yeah. That is, oh yeah, yeah, this thing I missed, I'm going to throw it on while I got to kill some time. That was me in the you room. Don't, yeah, yeah, you don't have to rush out to see this. You just... Air, so to me, it's an airplane. I wish it was better. I see the potential. I like the Wizarding World. I think there's so much they could have done. These movies, you got to hand it off to someone else. A fresh vision and a fresh voice has to come in. That is how movies create successful franchises. It's not the same person, same voice over and over again. It's new vision. It's new ways of looking at things. So I think they need they need a they need like. Like just like Mads Mikkelsen, who comes in and it's just like a fresh new face to the cast. I think they need that creatively on the, on the creative side. So, anyway, that's my Fantastic Beast review. Um, it's an airplane. That, uh let's let's talk about uh, turning red, which was brought up last week. I think. Yeah, because of the you know movies, uh, kids movies handling more realistic themes. So speaking of movies that people will see, no matter what, they just like the franchise. Pixar and Disney movies are like that, right? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. It doesn't You're just going to see the Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the movie's about, who the voice actors are, yada, yada, yada. Well, um, this movie is different, though, because it's quite good. <laughs> mm, I really. Interesting. I, um, so I wanted to see this movie largely because it's set in Toronto, uh, I think, in 2003. And I grew up just outside of Toronto, but a 40-minute go train ride. Um, And I was in elementary school in 2003. So I thought, you know, cultural touchstones, right? And this movie was Mm. um, unashamedly Canadian, unashamedly Toronto. So, like, 
so specific, um, which is really nice to see, right? Because sometimes movies take place in Toronto, but they like strip it down so much right. that you wouldn't know <laughs> it yeah. was Toronto. Right? Just generic city. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not that I'm a Toronto fan. It's just like where I grew up and you know what I mean? Like the Sky mm-hmm. Dome is still called the Sky Dome in this movie. Right. Um, right. And it is about uh, a young girl who's in grade eight who essentially um, is becoming a woman. So she's kind of uh, going through puberty and she has a family curse where all of the women in her family uh, essentially turn into a giant red panda when their emotions kind of get out of control. But like go- both good and bad emotions. And mm. um, essentially anytime you get, you know, like overwhelmed, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. Bam, you're a giant red panda or... I'm right. so angry. Bam. Giant red panda. So I would say the curse, it's not so much the curse is a metaphor for puberty. It's more so puberty brings on the curse because right. some people right. are like, it's turning red a metaphor for your period. Not really. As far as, Like I didn't think so. I think it's more so, um, you know, when you hit puberty, like you do have big emotions and right. it's, right. Um, you know, you're trying to figure out, who you are as a person and trying to navigate those feelings and emotions and trying to be your own person. So that's really what the movie is about. It's about um, navigating emotions and becoming who you want to be, but um, within the context of your family. Right. So like her family is a, um, they seem like maybe a first generation or maybe second generation. Um, no, that's a lie. They say they've been in the new world for a while. They refer to it. Anyways, the, the family essentially is uh, uh, of Chinese ancestry, right? And right, so right. Um, her family is like culturally still very tied to their Chinese culture. And so she's trying to navigate that, but also trying to navigate, you know, being a 13-year-old in Toronto. So right, right. Um, there's no music. Like this isn't like a Disney musical. It's just... Um, an animated animated movie kind of comedy drama dramedy i guess you could say and um really great like really heartfelt i don't know if people outside of canada would like love it as much because it is so canadian but um i hope that non-canadian audiences are enjoying it i don't know i don't know what interesting the choice in. like is is interesting choice to have it the writer is it based on something the writer's Canadian. She oh, okay. she's the one. She won. I think. Do you remember a couple years ago there was a short movie about a dumpling that comes to life? Oh yeah, yeah. It's that that filmmaker made this movie. I don't right. know if she okay. wrote gotcha. and directed, but anyways, she's Canadian and comes from, as far as I know, like a Chinese cultural like cultural background, and so I think she was just uncompromising. She's like, I'm obviously not telling her life story. I don't think she turns into a giant red panda, but you know, like, no, but that's was, the like, story she wanted yeah. to tell and the way she wanted to tell. Yeah. It. yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm really glad they made that creative decision and the animation's really beautiful. They, you see influences of sort of anime and manga. And so mm-hmm. when the characters, uh, the young girls see a boy, they like, they get like hearts in their eyes <laughs> and like the animation like changes and yeah. so, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was an hour, 40 minutes, which longtime listeners of the show know that's kind of my sweet spot. So uh, uh, it was a good length. Um, I rented it on Amazon and somehow I rented the French title version. So some of the writing in the movie was in French. Luckily, Dan <laughs> Dan does French Duolingo, so he was translating for me. Oh, nice. But, yeah, <laughs> translator. I'm like, what? Year. They're like, you know, they were like passing notes in class and the notes were in French. Mm-hmm. And Dan, yeah. <laughs> Dan was translating the notes. But aside from that little snafu, um, it was a great experience. For me, this is a see it. It was in theaters, I think maybe two months ago, a month ago. Mm. Um, you can get it on Disney Plus, but I rented it on Amazon because I don't have Disney. Technically, yeah. I bought yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't have the option to rent. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, oh, <laughs> um, unlike uh, 
licorice pizza, which I had to buy as well, this mm-hmm. movie was um, worth it. So it's a stream it for me. I really enjoyed it. So yeah. there you go. Uh, turning red, stream it. So very quickly, I'm just I, the only thing I'm going to say about the lost city, because that was the second movie I saw. Um, this is a movie that is very much uh, your classic kind of adventure tale um, told in kind of like a, a different spin. It's about an author who's going on a, a book tour and she sells all these adventure novels, but she's kind of going through this pain of losing her husband. Um, and she ends up getting kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe, uh, who plays this eccentric billionaire who believes she actually has some of the the mysteries solved on this island of where this ancient civilization hid a tomb of treasure. So he actually kidnaps this author um, to try to kind of get her to to find this thing and then sandra bullock sandra bullock yeah and channing tatum plays her kind of stupid model who models the book this is a great this is a great he decides yeah and he decides to like go rescue her and doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) so it's pretty funny it's pretty funny in that way and and it kind of has a funny premise all the previews and trailers i saw it looked like the stupidest movie tailor that i've ever like it just looked so dumb and i didn't want to see it but I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I couldn't believe how much, like, I laughed. I thought it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of, of like, a lighter version of, of like, The Mummy, where it's kind right. of like that adventure duo where... Adventure comedy. Have, yeah, that adventure comedy, but a little bit more on the comedy side. Right. Like, I, I felt The Mummy had a little bit of horror in it and kind of, like, a darker tones to it. This movie's, like, unapologetically just a, a action comedy Goofy. adventure. Yeah, it's goofy, it's it, it's silly, but it was a lot better than I thought. Like the chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum was excellent. Um, uh, Brad Pitt's in the movie for a bit, and he was hilarious. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe as like this evil eccentric billionaire is like really good. Like it just it worked all around. People were having a lot of fun. If you're looking for something kind of light to kick off the summer. Like, The Lost City wouldn't be a a terrible choice. Like, there's some things in it that are a little bit goofy. I think it is kind of, like, to me, it's it's kind of that in-between audience. Like, I think it's going for kind of a pre-teen or, like, teenager audience with some of the humor. Um, but with that being said, it was a lot more enjoyable than I thought. So I'm, I'm going to give it a stream it because cool. I think if you're looking for something, it would be a fun family movie. Um, it's a wacky adventure. And I got to say, like when the cast is having a good time and when they're, they bring all this energy to screen, like it, it elevates it for me. So yeah, I, the lost city, um, just kind of quickly on it. It's a stream it, uh, a lot better than I was expecting. Like I was expecting the worst. I thought this movie looked it's on so my, dumb. It's on my list. I really like Sandra Bullock when she's in that mm. genre of movie. Like the miscongeniality yeah. kind of yes. uh, genre. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one. What I liked about it was, um, and this isn't giving anything away, she plays a writer who writes about all these kinds of things, like ancient civilizations and this this archaeologist. And she herself has an archaeology background. So it's kind of her writing from that perspective. But she ended up accidentally getting into more like romancy novels with her stories. And that's what people love. Like it became a big hit. Like she's the big thing. And she's like the the big thing. And all Channing Tatum is, is the cover model who happened to get on all her books and is now famous because he's the cover model. Um, and it's such so a it's, stupid. It's so stupid. I know it's so dumb, but it works. And like Channing Tatum does it so well. I know he's like great. he just he just like goes for it, and it's really really fun. So yeah, if if you're looking for something fun, I I can say it, it surprised me. So I'm I'm sure I'm sure people will like it. Um, if you're kind of looking for that type of movie, um, we're right at the end here. Um, as I said, we'll get to some fan que- more fan questions next week. We wanted to just give. Another uh, shout out to to our friends at the screening room of some of the movies that they have coming up. Now, they released their new schedule on Tuesday and we recorded a day earlier. So they've got some some changeover that will be happening. But just so you know, of some of the great movies that are coming there soon, um, they're going to be showing ev- uh, everything everywhere all at once, which I highly recommend people checking out when it comes there. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which we can't wait to see, um, that's coming there as well. Operation uh, Mincemeat 
is also opening, I think, this weekend. Um, so there's a lot of cool movies coming to the screening room. So, so definitely go check them out if you get the chance. And we'll be back with an all-new episode next week. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.